So over the summer, we're going to be looking at various songs that we sing, songs that are meaningful to us, songs that we might struggle with. Uh, we're going to look at some of the meanings of some of the uh, meanings of some of the songs that we sing, so that when we sing them, we understand perhaps a bit more of what we're singing. And uh, at some points, we're going to ask some questions that might cause us to think about not just the songs we sing, but the words that we use and whether they actually help us to worship, help to reach other people, or perhaps if we had people who came into church who didn't know Christian speak, um, Christian jargon. And um, so we're going to be considering all sorts of things. And I thought this morning we'd just start off um, briefly, briefly because Cat Thompson is going to come and speak to us later about Rehoboth. And I'm not going to say what Rehoboth is at the moment. She will explain. <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm just going to do a brief introduction to our series and to get us thinking thinking about perhaps about why we sing and what we sing um, and one of the reasons why we sing is, is that it's something we can do together um, and so you know, and, yeah. and I know fewer and fewer people sing these days perhaps if you go to football matches or rugby matches or something like that um, but I know that we don't have generally school assemblies where people sing anymore um, and perhaps let's be really controversial here perhaps <laughs> we need to think about how corporate actually is singing um, and maybe in our context it's fine because we've grown up with that but in certain contexts if you were going and planting a church somewhere actually singing might not be something that we would do corporately. But anyway, that, I'm not going to discuss that today. That's just a thought that came to me now. But there are lots of reasons to sing, lots of, lots of things that we do when we sing songs in church. We might be calling each other to worship. That's one reason. And we did that this morning with Come Now is the Time to Worship. But actually, almost we're singing that to each other, calling each other to worship. We might be teaching, um, teaching truths about, um, about God and about Christ and that song, and can it be? There are some things in there that are really teaching what Jesus has done, what God has done. There are also difficulties with that song. Um, what does thine eye diffused a quickening ray mean to the majority of people? Now, we might be sitting here thinking, well, I know what that means. But, again, context. Some people would say, what? What on earth does that mean? And I'm not going to say what it means, so you can go and find out later. Right. We might be um, use songs to worship God, and that might include praise, proclamation of who he is. It might include adoration, the bless the Lord, um, you know, 10,000 reasons. That song proclaims a lot about who God is and what he's done. It's also a prayer and a call to praise. Um, 
has lots of things. We're going to sing in a bit, You Led Me to the Cross, which I suggest is one, a song that's born out of somebody's experience with God and is also a prayer. Um, adoration. Uh, the, the, the words that came to it is I don't think it's one we're going to sing today, but it's um, that song that says, I'm lost in wonder, I'm lost in love, I'm lost in praise forevermore. It's somebody's response to who God is. So a song may be a response, a response of adoration. It may come from somebody's experience. And um, sometimes songs come into, um, like they become church songs, whereas actually they may be describing one person's experience with God. And some of the rest of us might go, well, I I don't relate to that song at all because actually it was that person's experience, it's not my experience. Doesn't mean it's wrong, doesn't mean it's wrong to sing it maybe. Um, We may perhaps sing it as a prayer, you know, Lord, I would like to have that relationship with you. But um, we may find that we we can't sing it. There's certain songs I I can't sing, or bits of songs. Um, uh, We had one the other day in the Bible study group. and uh, I can't remember what song it was now, but, but almost all of it is absolutely brilliant and proclaims all sorts of things. And we went through on the Bible study group and we, we talked about where we'd find this in the Bible and where we'd find that in the Bible and where we'd find this. And then there's two lines that, I've, that some of us found very, very difficult. The first line is, um, no, I have to try and get it right now. And like a rose trampled in the ground you took the fall i'm going to stop there for a minute okay and we said well that's one person's picture it's maybe not a picture that i would think of for christ but i can see that they're picturing something that is beautiful that has been killed and in a treacherous way betrayed and and executed so a rose a beautiful thing is trampled on the ground yes Jesus took the fall, he accepted that death. Um, not the fall as in Adam's fall, you know, but the fall of, of dying. But it's the last line. So some people didn't like that image, and that's fine, that's one person's image. It's the last line that says, um, uh, like a rose trampled to the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all. And I can't sing that line. Because I don't think God... Uh, Jesus thought of me above all. I mean, did he think above about me above God and the mission that he came to to uh, fulfil? Did he think about me in preference to you or you or you? Well, no. We know that the Bible says there's no favouritism with God. He didn't think about me above everybody else. And so we were thinking about how we might change that line. Um, what do we come up with? And gave your life for us all. I think is what we what we came up with um, and I thought yeah with that line I could sing it but that, that line I can't sing um, not because I don't like it in the sense of just preference but because actually I think it's wrong <laughs> um, and uh, so there you go somebody might write a song based on a word that God has given and again that word might be for a particular person might be for a particular group of people 
part of the body of Christ, or it might be sort of universal. Um, and I said it might be a prayer, we might have a request in song, and something that we don't do very much, um, lament. Lots of psalms of lament in the Bible, and actually we don't do that very much. At the, and that's not a, a judgmental criticism, so we don't. <laughs> um, and sometimes it might be good to do that. If a circumstance happened where we were all lamenting about something, then those of us who are, those of us, those of you who are songwriters might actually put that into song. Because if, you, if you're a songwriter, that might be how you express what your response to God. And so a songwriter might put that into song. Some of us might put it into tears. Some of us might put it into prayer. Some of us might actually respond with some kind of depression. You know, our responses are different to, to bad things that happen to us. Um, and uh, some of those things may be helpful and some may not be so helpful to us or to others. Um, we're going to sing a song later, just, you know, spoilers, sorry, but uh, cast your burdens onto Jesus for he cares for you. And I always used to think, oh, you know, and I was looking um, this morning at that and there are, again, there's a psalm and again in 1 Peter um, where it tells us to cast our burdens onto Jesus, onto God, because he cares for us. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I didn't... Um, I didn't realise that there was actually something in scripture that tells us to do that. I just thought this was somebody's experience. Okay. Um, there's a song that we sing um, quite a bit and there's a line in that that used to trouble me, not trouble me, just made me think. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, um, having to think. Um, and it says, your goodness is running after me. Um, and it made, made me think through, your goodness is running after me. Your goodness keeps running after me. And I thought, is that, is that just me focused? Or is it biblical? Or is it both? <laughs> you know? um, and, and what came to mind is, to me, that um, makes me think of the story of the prodigal son, where the father runs out after the, his wayward son who's come home and it also made me think of the verse that says um, that we love God because he first loved us that he he started it if you like he pursued me before I pursued him he pursues us before we pursue him so I was reconciled to that line <laughs> and I actually think it speaks of, of God's love um, to us so I thought I'd just look um, in maybe more detail, slightly more detail, at the song What a Beautiful Name. Partly because I listened to somebody the other day on YouTube ranting about this song. Um, and I thought I would just... Uh, so I, I went through it to look at where might we find things in the Bible that are in this song. So um, Ian is going to do a very good job of putting the slides up um, 
and uh, we haven't rehearsed this bit, so, you know. <laughs> so, first verse, you were the word at the beginning, one with God the Lord Most High. Any, any verses or passages that spring to mind? John 1, yes, of course, John 1. Your hidden glory in creation, wasn't so sure about that, now revealed in you our Christ. Yes, yeah, so I've got, I've got Colossians down, but I think there may be something in Ephesians as well. There are several verses of, often, but I've just like picked one or two. So Colossians 1 and 1 Corinthians 2, um, he talks about Christ, um, God being revealed in Christ, or Christ and Christ in us. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is. I suggest that's somebody's response to that. Um, and... Um, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. Jesus is the King of Kings, Revelation 19. Um, in fact, he's my King, John 18. And then what a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. I'm not quite sure what they mean by that, to, to Jesus' name. The name above all names. Yes, again, I think that is that comes later as well. Um, so some of these come several times. <laughs> um, He's got a name above all names. All right. Now, the verse 2 is what the um, guy was ranting on about. You didn't want heaven without us. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. <coughs> what do you think of that? listen to the same person I listened to who was saying well that's rubbish because you know we're saying that God was lonely was God lonely and so he needed us I, I don't I don't interpret it like that I interpret it along the way you are that it, it reminds me of John three sixteen that God you know out of love Jesus came to us that we might have eternal life in his presence forever so Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom of God Yes. And we think of it as the now but not yet kingdom. Yeah. So, you know, you, you introduce a, a flavour of the kingdom into life now as a Christian. Mm. Um, so I guess that's bringing heaven down yes. in that respect. But if we think of the new heaven and the new earth and actually is eternity going to be up in heaven or on the new earth, then that's what first line is. Yes. What do we mean by heaven? What do we think? Exactly. Yes. 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 And Jesus said when he sent his disciples out, he said he wanted to preach that the kingdom of God is near. Now, does that mean that, that he's coming again soon? Or does that mean that his presence, in his presence and doing what we're, what we're called to do, actually brings his kingdom? Um, yeah. But I'm, Jesus from Egypt 
That's right, yes. He did spend some time in Egypt. He's not from Egypt, is he? But he spent some time there when he was a, a baby or a young, a young child. But you're right. In fact, I would extend that and say Jesus is actually from, if you like, God's kingdom. We call it heaven, don't we? Um, and he comes and he extends his, his love and his kingdom and his presence, not just to one person or a group or this group or whatever, but to the world, the offer is to the world that we might come to know Christ and be with him always. So my sin was great, your love was greater. Um, again, I'm, I'm not reading out all these verses, but I've got them on a printout if anybody wants to read them later. Um, let's just say John 3.16. You know, God came that we might not perish, but have eternal life. So I... I come to him with all my sin, but his love conquers that. His love takes away that sin. It's the Lamb of the world that takes away, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's um, who he is. And he also washes our sin well. Yes, he washes our sin from us. What could separate us now? Famous, you know, Romans 8, you know, that uh, I am persuaded that nothing, and he gives a whole list, can separate us from the love of God. And then we have what, what a wonderful name it is. Again, I think that's somebody's response as they say, wow. Um, and then the bridge. Death could not hold you. Well, that's in Acts 2. The veil tore before you. Several accounts of that in the Gospels. The si- you silenced the boast of sin and, and grave. As 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about how he conquered those things. Um, Uh, heavens are roaring the praise of your glory Revelation 19 actually uses those words for you are raised to life again just one verse I mean there are loads but I've just picked out John 21 there are verses that back all of this up Um, you have no rival you have no equal again in Isaiah in Psalms now and forever God you reign again in the Psalms I mean there are loads of verses that say this sort of thing Yours is the kingdom, Matthew 6. <laughs> um, yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names, Philippians 2. And then again, what a powerful name it is. Again, that's Philippians 2. That, the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is and Lord. God's love is powerful as well. It is. He it comes is. to us. He gives up his one and only son. Yes, Absolutely. And then nothing can stand against Christ, against Christ's name. Ephesians 1. There's so much in that song that you can actually find a verse for. And sometimes, I think, as we look at the sort of language, we, we might not realise everything that's behind uh, those words. Um, and some of them, as I say, I think the beautiful name and a wonderful name, I think that's somebody's response, someone's heartfelt response. And there's... That's good. They're, they are they are proclaiming these truths and then responding to them in song because they're songwriters and that's how they that's how they worship um, God and we are able to profit from that. 
So that's just, that's just one song that we sing currently. That's why I, I focused on that one. Um, but I think it's great to think through the words of the songs that we sing. And so um, there are several people who are going to speak over the summer and um, bring various things for us to think about and explain. We still have one slot left if anybody would like to to speak and bring a song. I suggest we bring a song that we sing rather than a song from somewhere else because that's actually potentially not helping us <laughs> to understand the songs that we sing if you bring one from somewhere else. But songs that we sing, songs that we, maybe if we don't understand them, we can go maybe to the worship leader at the end of the service and say, what does this bit of the song mean? What does that mean? Or we can go, we can go to our Bibles and we can say, where does this come from? Um, one of the songs we sang, or are going to sing, I can't remember. Um, oh, it's one we're going to sing later. It says, um, these bones will sing. It says, it's your breath in our lungs, which always makes me think. I think, well, okay, yeah, God gives life. God keeps us alive, probably more than we think. Um, yeah, and then... Yeah, and then he says, and these bones will sing, which I guess is, a, is a, um, a reference back to the Valley of Dry Bones, that God can do anything, including bringing dry bones to life. But, you know, in the middle of a song, you think, what? <laughs> what does that mean? That's good to think about it, because hopefully, as we think about it, we'll actually, that enhances our worship as we're singing not just um, words and music, but we're singing with understanding. So, there we go. A call to be thinking and singing and bringing our worship to God with understanding. I know that there are times when we sing without understanding, we sing in the spirit, we may not know what we're singing, but when we're singing corporately, Let's, let's fill our minds as much as we can with the things of God. So we're singing with our whole being um, to him.